0: Let us pray together. How very precious is your steadfast love to us, O God. And we pray for that day when all the children of the earth will find refuge in the shadow of your wings. In Christ's name we pray, amen. When we read the Gospels, the four Gospels it's been said, we get the strong impression that in ancient Galilee, wherever there is laughter, wherever there is conversation, wherever there is food being shared, then probably Jesus is very nearby, sharing a table with friends. Jesus seems to create fellowship, communion, wherever he goes. And in his presence, people feel seen and loved and valued. And for quite a few of the people who feel seen and loved and valued, it's the very first time this has ever happened in their lives in fact what seems to scandalize the religious leaders of Jesus's day the most of all is the way that Jesus welcomes sinners and eats with them the way that he gathers in the lost and the forsaken in our reading today from Matthew 26 at his last supper on the final night of his life Jesus again breaks bread and shares a cup with his followers, even with Judas. But this time, he makes what they've been doing all along a special way from this time forward for them to remember him and to experience his ongoing presence with them. Have you ever thought about this after his resurrection? Jesus is right back at it again, breaking bread with his followers, two of them at Emmaus, and then seven of them later on by the Sea of Tiberias. And not surprisingly, in the early church, his followers are sometimes referred to as those who ate, and drank with Jesus after he was raised. And in our reading today from Revelation 3, John of Patmos shares with us his vision of Jesus saying, Listen, I am knocking. I'm knocking. If you hear my voice and if you open the door, I will come in to you and eat with you. And you with me. You know, in all these years of ministry, it was this week that I first noticed that he says, come in and eat with you. Our Lord is inviting us into communion yet again. So just as Anne asked this morning, I would like to ask you, what experiences have most profoundly shaped your own understanding of communion. I wish we could spend a couple hours sharing with each other what those are. Of meeting Jesus in the breaking of the bread. I'd like to share a couple of my stories with you, ones that I've shared with some of you before already, but that for me get at the very heart of what this faith ritual is all about a first one for me goes back all the way when I was 11 or 12 and it's very precious for me to share this with you because I was exactly the same age as Leah and Abby are who are assisting at our table today when I was 11 or 12 uh, 11 and 12 we lived in the Middle East And we went to a church in the old city of Jerusalem. And a friend and I often served as ushers. And our pastor would sometimes send us to a nearby bakery to go buy the communion bread. And, of course, since we were in Jerusalem, it was pita bread. And we'd go to the bakery bakery, and we could see it coming out puffed up large like blowfish with hot air. Of course, it later collapses into the form that we usually see. And then in worship, we'd carry forward the wine and this fresh bread to the table. Well, this was a long time ago, almost 50 years ago by now. And uh, we lived in Jerusalem in the 70s. And in the 70s, Jerusalem drew a steady stream of tie-dyed travelers, hippies, and God-seekers. People would traipse into our church who had been traveling and traveling and still hadn't found what they were looking for. Folks who were spiritually hungry And during communion, I would often stand in the back row, at the very back, and closely watch all of our guests, hoping that each one of them, each one of these seekers would come forward. Even as a kid, I was beginning to sense that communion is where we meet Christ in a special way and receive from him what we need the very most. As we heard him say today in John 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Now over the centuries, a whole lot of ink and quite a bit of blood as well has been spilled over the question of who is worthy and unworthy to come to our Lord's table. Amen? But in our day, folks like the writer Rachel Held Evans have been saying that we've been asking the wrong question all along. She's written that Jesus invites us to come to his table not because we are worthy or good enough but because we are hungry because we have said yes and there's always room at our lord's table for more people to come What she's saying, dear friends, is that our ticket to this table here today is our hunger, our yearning for God. And Jesus welcomes you and me just as we are, just as he welcomes Zacchaeus, Mary Magdalene, Peter, and the woman at the Samaritan well. Eight years or so ago, our dear Clayton Charles drew my attention to a wonderful quote from the Pope Francis. From Pope Francis. And I, I like to think that maybe Pope Francis was quoting Clayton Funk or Clayton Charles. The quote goes like this: Communion is not a prize for the perfect, but powerful medicine and nourishment for the weak and the hungry. But friends, here's the wonderful thing. Our Lord receives us all just as we are. (laughs) But after we've been at our table, we leave not quite the same. Let me close with a story where this happened for me. A dozen years ago, my family was worshiping one Sunday at a church in Madison, Wisconsin. And at communion, as was their custom, we all gathered around in a big circle, several rows deep around that table. But that morning, a member was celebrating a big anniversary in his journey of recovery from addiction and what did he do but invite his whole family and all of his Alcoholics Anonymous friends. I didn't count them but it had to be 30 or 40 extra people. And that morning as we were gathered around the table they began to share the one loaf that fed the whole congregation usually, and of course, it ran out. They ran out of bread. And I was standing there as a pastor already, thinking, oh, Lord Almighty, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. (laughs) But then, dear friends, a miracle happened. Actually, no. Jesus happened. Because everybody started turning around and taking the peace that they had already received, breaking off a morsel and sharing it with those around them. Nobody ate until everybody had received. That's the kingdom of God. Nobody ate until everybody had received. Christ was made known to us in the breaking and the sharing of the bread. And after that, we all went home trying to live in the same way. Amen.